The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 82 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom. Representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and our headlines editor, Tom Childs. The Chiefs get back on track with a 17-9 victory over the Jags. But was the performance convincing enough for Chiefs Kingdom? We'll get into that with our review of the game, along with this week's Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings, and our preview of the Chiefs' Week 3 opponents, the Chicago Bears. But first... Tom, are we feeling a lot better this week after that Chiefs win? Um, yes. <laughs> In short, yes. Yes, it's an odd, it's an odd one. Like it's just confirmation of what we've been saying for the last few weeks that the Chiefs' margin for error is absolutely massive right now. It's just like I saw a bunch of, I saw a tweet go around. It's real uh, bad lawyer expert he's a he's a guy on twitter i'm sure our listeners have heard of him but he tweeted something the other day which was just perfect it was like oh week one the chief around they found out and then even week two they tried their hardest around and they got away with it like that is just like the chiefs in a nutshell right now it's just mad being a chiefs fan watching this team it's maddening as well at times being a chiefs fan watching this team but 
I do think I feel better because the defense is playing so well yeah. and I have infinite amount of trust in the offense to sort it out. So I think once it's all gets going and it all gets like complimentary a little bit, I do think we're going to be looking at a really complete team. So I'm not panicking yet. At the end of the day, is only week two. But yeah, overall, I think I feel better about this team after them seeing them score 17 points. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if the defence is playing like this from the start of the season as they are, yeah, that's great. I mean, it's great for, for obviously the offence because the offence is fixable. We have had a few issues. We've had a few drops. We had a few drops in this game as well, which um, I was quite surprised at that a few of those were actually Kelsey this time. But... The offense, we know at some point, as soon as it clicks, it will click. And I think there is there is still that kind of um, bedded in period. I think with this offense, isn't it? Especially with the receiving core. Yeah. There's there's you know we've got a new offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy, and we've got new pieces on the offense. And I just I, I think you're right. I think as soon as it finds its mojo, it's mm-hmm. gonna click. I've lost my mojo. And. Pair that up with a great defense that we've got right now out of the gate. Yeah. I think this Chiefs team is poised to be going even further. Wow, look at us. The optimism of us. <laughs> Literally one week removed from losing to the Detroit Lions and opening night. We scored 17 points against the Jack, just 17 points. Yeah. And look at us. We're all optimistic. Like, who would have thought it? Hey, look at us. Not me. Not me. Um, <laughs> that game was just mad in general, though, really, wasn't it? Like, I'm sure there's been lots of takes on the podcasts that have come before us. I think it's, I think we're the fourth po- podcast of the week to talk about this game on the yeah. Pro Podcast Network. But um, 26 points in this matchup. Who, who thought that there was going to be 26 points in total? In this matchup, I was expecting both teams to hit 26 points, not 26 points in total. It was just, it was just a really, really weird game, wasn't it? And I think, I don't think it was the Jags necessarily that made it weird. I think it was the Chiefs that made it a weird game. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the Chiefs made it weird with, again, it was just like almost like a misfiring offense. Again, it was on the field, then it was off the field, then it was on the field, off the field, and it was just nothing seemed to be clicking all the time. It was like flashes of it now and again. Yeah. We saw Tony manage to get some catches. He found his hands this week, mm-hmm. which is great. Nice to see. But you're right. It just seemed a little bit not like lackluster. I mean, they were obviously trying to make things happen. And yeah, it just seemed very odd. I mean, the, the Jags look they look quite solid in defense. I mean, if you held the Chiefs to 17 points, you'd expect to yeah. at least give them a good game, at least maybe even win that game if you're holding Mahomes at 17 points. You every every single opponent that the Chiefs face from now until Mahomes retires would take 17 points. 100 percent I think even most teams would take 22 to 24 points, to be honest. I think they'd fancy their chances with that amount. But to get 17 and not to walk away with the victory, with the offense that you have, with the receivers that you have, they will there'll be some people in Jacksonville who will see this game as a huge missed opportunity and an opportunity to go two and oh that would start their season in a really good way, especially in a year where the AFC just seems to be blind drunk and no one wants to decide whether they're going to win games or not. I do think the Jags missed out big time there, but at the same time, the Chiefs, what a victory for them to go on the road against a team they faced in a divisional round last year and to already get that head-to-head victory. Remember, the Jags might be that team that could be knocking on the door for their number one seed in the AFC um, because you'd like to think it's you, the Chiefs are going to be there, potentially the Ravens, 
maybe the Bills slash Dolphins. And if, if there's going to be anyone from the AFC South right now, you probably still say it's going to be the Jags. So for the Chiefs to get that head-to-head win over the Jags nice and early into the years is it's a it's a good bonus for the Chiefs. I think I feel like they, although the performances haven't been great, I do feel like the Chiefs will come out of there thinking, right, it's been two really tough weeks. We haven't played well, but we've managed to escape with a victory. We've managed to get away with one victory. Now we've got a, a, a couple of games where we could reset the offense a little bit, see, really test uh, to see where they're going to be in the next couple of weeks, and then we can kick on from there. So I've, I, I think the Chiefs coaching staff will look at these this particular game and think, actually, yeah, we won on the road in the heat in Florida against a team that are, are considered to be one of our rivals this year. So we have to take it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of the key moments in this game. Great to see Chris Jones back. Absolutely yeah. fantastic to see him back and uh, and doing his thing. He was he Played was like a... he, oh, he was demolishing that uh, that that all line, wasn't he? He was, um, and he got one and a half sacks, which was good to see him on there. He's he's on the board, mate. He's on the board. Yeah, What's but TJ now? Watt also scored a defensive touchdown this week. I reckon we should make this a segment of this, the show every week. Defensive player of the year watch. Chris Jones contract watch. Maybe you can come up with a fancy <laughs> jingle or Steve can and put it over. Chris Jones watch. But yeah. TJ Watt right now, he's flying. He scored a touchdown last night. Okay, he didn't force the fumble, but he got a touchdown. So that counts in the stats. So right now, if we have to put him in order for Defensive Player of the Year, because Chris Jones wants that award, he wants that two million bucks, remember? You have to say TJ yeah. Watt's the one that's standing in his way at the moment. But no, Chris Jones returned excellent. He played like a man possessed. He played like he had a point to prove. He played and like it he, was a contract year. If he's going to be that petty, oh yeah, I am here bore it because he was outstanding on Sunday. Limited snaps as well. I remember limited snaps, but he was just a nuisance all game for the Jacksonville Jaguars O-line. Now we granted the Jags O-line is a weakness of theirs. We pointed out last week that the interior offensive line, especially was going to be a problem, but what the Chiefs done brilliantly is they lined him up against the, the rookie tackle as well. I can't remember his name, but they lined him up against him and just let him go to work on basically whoever he wanted to. And it's sometimes him, sometimes another player. But Jones was outstanding. And what it did enable was for the other guys to get involved. Like, um, I think Felix got pressure. George Carlafter's got pressure. He got one and a half sacks as well. His first multi-sack game. Yeah. Uh, Mike Dana got pressures. Leo Chanel was brilliant when he was on the field as oh, well. I, yeah. I just think the unit as a whole defensively were just so, so good. And there's been talk, especially from like the likes of Justin Reed this summer about this team being a special unit and like when he come out and said it in the summer he's was like yeah right Justin yeah 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 the Jets still think they're going to win the Super Bowl um you know it's just that kind of like take it with a pinch of salt but what we've seen through two weeks this defensive line and this secondary are playing outstandingly so far so yeah I'm here for it pass rush was dominant in this game I mean every time it seemed as though they were just rushing for four we didn't really kind of dial up many blitzes I don't think I don't remember seeing any I'm sure there would have been at some point yeah. but it just seemed as though the pass rush was getting getting home almost every time and, and it, it made sure that the uh you know obviously the the DBs had the ability to to cover a, a quite a talented wide receiving core in the Jags so um really impressed with how they played 
um just everybody across the board they were just everybody was on the same page and um yeah, yeah it, it was one of those things it's one of those rare, rare moments as a Chiefs fan where you think can't wait for the defense to come back on the field oh, it hasn't it hasn't been that way since <laughs> i honestly i think it's probably 2015 was the last time it was that way yeah when you well, maybe 2016 because they had a really good defense in 2016 as well when he had like eric berry on his uh comeback as player of the year trail and stuff like that um like they, when they had that really good defense, then they were always really exciting to watch. And even the early Andy Reid days, um, the, the Chiefs defense, you got excited about that team. I remember being excited about defense and special teams. Mm-hmm. And now, don't get me wrong, I never like, I always want to see Patrick Mahomes with the ball in his hand, but it is nice now, well, through two games at least, that you, you see the Chiefs defense trot onto the field and you think, actually, we could do all right here. We could get these stops. And what I enjoyed about the Chiefs defense this this particular week is that the Jags did move the ball okay. They mm. they they did. Between the 20s, they were fine. But when it got to the end zone, the Chiefs DBs in particular were were outstanding. They 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 played such sticky coverage that they were Trevor Lawrence was asked to put the ball into like the tightest of windows and his timing had to be absolutely perfect and because it was off key because of the pass rush because of the defensive backs the, the dbs were then unable to use the sideline almost as an extra defender and their their awareness when the ball was in the air to not overplay the man but as soon as the ball was there to play the man then and then push him out of bounds was outstanding what well, i think it was like three or four opportunities the jags had where yeah. they caught the ball what they thought was inside the end zone, but it wasn't. The Chiefs DB's done enough, just pushed them out of bounds to to, to not get the catch for a touchdown. So that was outstanding work. I like, even the linebackers were great. Nick Bowen, there was a scare of him. At one point, I thought, oh, here we go. Nick Bowen's going injured. It's all falling apart. This season's going to be bad, but he come back in. Drew Shrankwell, he ha- he was outstanding. Um, I've already mentioned Leo Chanel. He was brilliant. Like Overall, you look at this defensive unit and you just think, yeah, I, this is a team I can. This is a unit I can really get behind. And they, why why can't they be a top ten unit? Is this going to be the finally the defense that Mahomes has warrant wanted and probably craved for years? The Chiefs' defense at the minute. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's only week two, but um, I'm already looking at team rankings and stuff. But the Chiefs' defense at the moment is the fourth best in the league for points allowed. Which is my favourite defensive stat, by the way. It is your favourite, yes. It is. <laughs> I don't. I don't mess around with anything else. It's all I care about. How many points did they give up? That's How many points that. did they give up? How many times did they steal the ball back? That's all yeah. I care about. That yeah. is for me. They are the only defensive metrics that matter. Like I know there's probably people listening far more technically advanced and have some other analytics and stuff like that, thinking actually no, these aren't the right metrics you want to use to measure a defensive performance. I don't care. How many points are they conceding? Okay, brilliant. That's what I care about. Actually, I got that wrong. It's tied third. So we're, we're fourth we're on list, but we're tied third. So it's even better. better. So, yeah. And you look at the two offences we've played. They're two teams that are pipped to have big offences this year. Detroit Lions had a big offence last year. They were expected to get better. How many points did we concede? 22. Mm. And then, then obviously the Jags, people talking about, including myself, Trevor Lawrence, potentially being an MVP candidate. Expecting them to score a lot of points, nine points against them. I mean, as far if you probably look at the teams above them, I'm guessing the Cowboys are one of them. Um, they've played Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones. Like they're the offenses yeah. they've played. We've played the Detroit Lions and the Jags. So in terms of versus opponents, I would say that the Chiefs have probably been slightly more impressive overall with the points they conceded. 
Should we talk about some of the things that kind of knocked us in this game a little bit? Um, and it, a lot of it is all on the offensive side of the ball. I'm sorry to pick on the offense this week, but it does need calling out a few times. I mean, Kelsey, we mentioned it earlier on that Kelsey had, I think it was about three drops from what I can remember. Um, he had nine targets, four receptions out of those nine targets, and he only got 26 yards. He did get a TD, which is great, but nine targets and four receptions, that's not really something that, you would expect not, from Kelsey, would it? No, it's not a very Kelsey performance. I thought the big one was it was the pass out to the corner, the front corner of the end zone, the front pylon of the end zone. Yeah. And Mahomes put the ball exactly where it needs to be. And it wasn't a difficult catch. No. Tom Charles certainly would have caught it. Um, <laughs> so he was just diving. He's diving low to his left. And it's a catch that you've we've seen Kelsey make a million times before. Okay? That's, that's the good thing about Kelsey. He has such good range for his catches. Yeah. doesn't really seem to matter if you put it high or put it low. Kelsey always seems to get there. And he got there. He got two hands on it. But for whatever reason, he just dropped it. So, yeah, it was... Uh, a welcome back game for Travis Kelsey. There's been some talk I've seen from the Jag safety saying that Kelsey needs to concentrate a little bit more on play as opposed to running his mouth. Apparently he's a, a bit too, uh, takes it a bit too far, should we say, on the field. And it did look like that. He did seem really angry uh, on um, weird, Sunday for whatever reason. I don't know if it was all the Taylor Swift puns that were coming his way all <laughs> week, but, you know, he needs to shake it off and just get on with it. So. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm so that's sorry. terrible. That's oh, yeah. terrible. But, no, you're right. He needs to obviously take that um, and, and just take it on the chin, really, doesn't he? It's it's If you're going to be linked with a, a megastar in, yeah. in, like, Taylor Swift, you're going to have to expect a little bit of kind of back and forth from, uh, from opposing teams, aren't you? Especially when it's been in the news for so much. If that's if that's what it was all about, then I'm sure you'll get over it. I'm sure you'll learn to handle something like that. But yeah, they, they knew how what, to turn man. it though, didn't they? The Jags knew how to turn that like <laughs> turn that screw in Kelsey just to get him wound up a little bit more, and it was working. I'll tell you what though, if he's ever involved in some fan vote, he's absolutely fine. Like <laughs> I don't know if you've seen what um, Arsenal, the the admin for Arsenal and Brighton have done it recently. They've um, they're tweeting out like goal of the month competitions and their fan votes. And uh, like Karen T- Matoma, who's a Brighton player, scored this outstanding goal on week one of the season. He's got this great goal against Wolves and it was our fan vote. Vote for Matoma for goal of the month. And the Brighton admin put, oh, uh, do you know that uh, Karen T- Matoma is a massive Taylor Swift fan? <laughs> vote for this goal. <laughs> and obviously... <laughs> Twifties, we all know what they're like on Twitter. They're they're a, a nation in themselves. Um, saw the tweet, saw Taylor Swift. Yeah, retweet, retweet, retweet. What happens? Karen Matoma wins goal of the month. So uh, if uh, Travis Kelsey's involved in the Walter Payton Man of the Year, you know, there's a fan vote with that every year. Chiefs seem to win it anyway, but if they've got Taylor Swift on their side and all those fans, any. then Kelsey's <laughs> going to win it by a landslide. Don't even bother. <laughs> Pro Bowl vote, he'd be on there as well. He'd be, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is going to get the most Pro Bowl votes of all time this year. percent. <laughs> 96% Travis Kelsey, everybody else. It'll just be others, wouldn't it? When you get a pie chart, you've got Travis Kelsey and all of it will be green or red. And you look at the demographic of voters. Travis, all your voters are 14 to 22-year-old girls. <laughs> <laughs> and all these girls are good. Do you know what? It's funny because, I mean, some of them, I, I don't know if you've seen someone on social media and they're all and all these Swifties are all, all out there and they're all, like, commenting on, you know, this link-up with this Travis Kelsey. And a lot of the girls were going, who's he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like, I heard kinda, it the other... What kind of parallel universe are you living in? 
no, I kid you not, I was driving to work the other day and I had the radio on and they had to do showbiz news. And um, someone come on and it was like, oh, Taylor Swift's seen a new guy. And they said Travis Kels, you know, oh. the, the read version. And I'm just in the car dying of laughter. He, they, they just said Kels. And my brother's just looking at me like, why is this funny? Who's that guy? <laughs> It's like it's like you wouldn't understand. Sorry, bro. <laughs> it just seems weird that, that that Travis Kelsey is the small fish in all of this, and the, you know, it, like a Hall of Fame tight end, he's going to be, yeah. you know, with so many records, and he's got two Super Bowls, yeah. and nobody seems to know who he is because he's dating Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a bunch of normal guys throughout the world who's never heard of Travis Kelsey. Think, oh, that normal bloke managed to get with Taylor Swift. Maybe I stand a chance. He plays a little bit of football and some little bit league, bit league yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we sidetracked again. We always do that on this show, yeah. don't we? Uh, the other thing that kind of knocked me on this was I've got to call him out, Juwan Taylor. Um, now I'm I'm probably going to go a bit harsh on the guy this week, but man, there was holding calls there. He was lined up again, further back than normal. I mean, obviously, clearly the, the refs are going to be looking out for that, obviously, from what he was doing from the previous week. But come on, man. I mean, the, the, the penalties that we had for the entire game, for the, I mean, this isn't just all Juwan Taylor for the 12 penalties here, but 94 yards in penalties. We can't be doing that in games. I mean, if we did that in the Super Bowl, against the Eagles, we'd absolutely lose that game. So 12 penalties for 94 yards in total, that's a lot, especially against a team like the Jags. Um, now, wasn't. well, yeah, but I mean, Juwan <laughs> Taylor, he accounted for something like, I was it five? I think they might have been yep, five for this game alone. Five, you know, um, not, all, not all holding. I think three of them were holding or something, something along those lines. Um, and I think there was a full start in there. I get it. It's new to you. It's you, you're in a new team. You're trying to just kind of, you know, embed yourself a little bit into the into the way this team works. But this is the second week in a row now where we've had him. He's had a little bit of an issue with timing and holding and all sorts of stuff. So I'm sorry to call him out. I really am sorry to call him out on this, but it needs to be it needs to be tidied up. It really needs to be tied up because when as we go further on in the season, we do not need to be giving up all of these holding calls. I mean, he's playing really well. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> he's playing really well. If you take away the penalties, he's playing really well. I know, like, I know, I can't, I know it sounds like a ridiculous statement, but if you take those snaps away, he's been really quite good. There was a lot of talk about how Aiden Hutchinson had had his number. No, he didn't. Go back and rewatch that Lions game. Jerron Taylor was fine. The penalties are a problem. I get it, but the penalties are only a problem because they're now being called because of that stupid broadcast on opening night. <laughs> if it wasn't for that broadcast, if the Chiefs played the Lions in a six o'clock game last week, this would not be a story at all. It really? wouldn't have been noticed because it was the Chiefs, because it was opening night, because Collinsworth pointed it out. Everyone took notice all of a sudden because people were only watching that particular game because it was the only game of football on that night because yeah. people had been starved of NFL for eight months. And then Collinsworth pointed out the fact that Jawan Taylor was lined up a little bit further back and all of a sudden there's a problem. He's yeah. maybe false starting a little. A problem. Sorry? There is absolutely a problem. Yeah, but it's a, only a problem for Jawan Taylor. What about the other guys that have been doing it for God knows how long? They've got the way with it. 
It's only because it's the Chiefs the reason why it's been picked up. This this guy's clearly been playing this way for a long time. Are you telling me that the Chiefs wouldn't have picked that up when they were scouting him to give him an $80 million deal? The Chiefs knew that. They probably watched him for, okay, he's lined up a little bit further back. That's fine. He's clearly getting away with it because he's not getting his offside false start called. And look at him. He times the snap perfectly. And he does most of the time. On occasions, it's going to fail for him. But his get-off in general is very good. And his pass protection has been very good. Now, I know you're going to say to me, oh, what about Andrew Wiley? What about Orlando Brown? I know what's coming. You're too predictable, right? <laughs> but he's already, in my I'm book, ready with stats, mate. I'm better ready. than those two players in pass protection. Well, how many pressures? I think he's given up one pressure on Mahomes in two games. Yeah, because he's always getting flagged. <laughs> the refs are saving him because he's always getting flagged. No, 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 no. Because nobody can play a blooming snap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I think people are being harsh on him. I do, and I, I feel like he's going to become a bit of a scapegoat when it comes to the Chiefs' offensive, like performance or lack of performance. And I, I don't think that's fair. I think, I think his get off and his starting position is really low down the problems for the offense right now. And I'm not concerned. I think the Chiefs again will have a word. Now that they can't they can't have a five penalty performance from their right tackle every game. Absolutely okay. not. But do not expect that to be cleared up going into next week. He's not going to get go through next week and not get a penalty. It's just impossible. It's the way he's played. He's trained to play that way for his entire life. Not the whole audience I'm talking about lining up and his get off, right? He's he's clearly been trying to master that for years. Now, all of a sudden, because of one broadcast, the NFL's like, oh, you need to change the way you're playing. That's not going to happen overnight. But when the actual technical ability of him being able to block a pass rusher and protect Mahomes, he's been very, very good at. And so I don't think there's, there's any need for panic. I don't think there's anyone, oh, this is the worst 80 million we've ever spent on anyone. Come on, it's not that bad. It's been two games, all right? Okay, but I think... As the season goes on, he will get better. He will become more cohesive with his offensive line. He will line up where he's supposed to line up. And then we'll have a really strong offensive line from left guard through to right tackle. Don't ask me about um, left tackle. I don't know. I think Donovan Smith looks okay, but you know he's not being talked about because he's not the guy lining up on the other side where everyone's watching. I think Javon right, Taylor has been put in such an unfair position by a broadcast. They're literally all eyes are on him now. You are absolutely right, Tom. I am going to bring up Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown Jr. because the two main culprits of the offense last year, right? Andrew Wiley for offensive holding had five last year. Orlando yeah. Brown had three last year. This is all season. Juwan yeah. Taylor has two already. Okay. So right? Orlando Brown, that guy that got that really big contract from the Cincinnati Bengals, yeah? Oh, sorry. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, that guy. No, yeah, he didn't. One. No, he didn't. Yeah, that uh, big free he, agent. That, he's also oh my God, too, yeah. He's lost, yeah, that one that got a really big free, really big deal. Yeah, 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 that guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the worst okay. culprit for false starts last year was obviously Orlando Brown with four. Juwan Taylor is on three already. It's week two, mate. So he needs to sort it out. He really needs he to, does need to. He does need to sort it out, but... You're paying it like it's a massive disaster. And it's it not. is a massive disaster in week two. No. And you're already nearly beating Orlando Brown's record, which is probably one of the only records you've actually had here. <laughs> yeah. Just because I, you, you, you're, you're obsessed with Orlando Brown. You are, honestly. It's like you're checking back on your ex girlfriend all the time. It's just like, 
you got an issue. I, I'm, I'm already over the Tyreek Hill thing, so I'm on, I'm on to Orlando Brown now. <laughs> yeah. How's his season going? They're doing really well, aren't they? They're doing well, yeah. Yeah, they're doing really well. Um, They were my, actually my pick for the Super Bowl uh, with the 49ers, with the Bengals. So, um, yeah, that's going well, isn't it? Um, But, yeah, that's another, that's another thing, isn't it? Um, All right, then, Matt, um, we talked quite a bit on the, on the game. Uh, should we have a quick break and then come back? Yeah, let's do it. All right, when we come back, we'll be doing uh, the AP Power Rankings and we'll be previewing the Bears at the Chiefs. Hi there, welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with Brad and Tom. So it's this part of the show that we have the AP Power Rankings, our head pride power rankings. It's the only rankings that you really need. You don't really need any, you know, any other guff out there. You need the our head pride power rankings because my good friend Tom Childs does these power rankings. So Tom, let's have the top five this week. Thank you, Brad. That's nice. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are other power rankings out there. Yeah, but the rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's uh Dan Hansis and the uh NFL.com ones are very, very good to be fair. Yeah. He's power. He puts a lot of words into his as well. You're, you're talking like two paragraphs a team. It's too much every though, week. mate. It's too much. Two paragraphs that. a team every week. Yeah, you don't need that. Well, the time for that. That that would take me two days to write. Mate, yours is quality over quantity. Yes, I literally put lol for the Denver Broncos this year, this week. <laughs> the Broncos, I literally just put lol. <laughs> oh, God, that was a hell of an ending, that wasn't it, the Broncos game. Um, yeah, so yeah, quantity, uh, quality, not quantity, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the power rankings, um, slight movement. The Cowboys are now the number one team in the power rankings. Yep. Um, you know, being Zach Wilson, poor, of course. You've got to give him credit for being Zach Wilson. Of course. Uh, don't, I don't understand that. I don't know why you... But anyways, the next it's hour not me. Rankings. It's not a dictatorship. At the end of the day, it's a democracy. Mm. There's nine people that vote on these power rankings. I do not get this final call. As much as I'd want it, I don't get the final call. Um, yeah, so the Cowboys are number one. The 49ers are number two. Don't know how that works. They I put them far, one, to be honest. They played, they played a far superior opponent than the yeah. Zach Wilson-led Jets. Um, Eagles third. Chiefs still fourth. And the new team in the top five are the Miami Dolphins. Um, deservedly so, I would yeah. say. The interesting thing with the power rankings is that the top 10 still has the Chargers and the Bengals in it. And despite being winless. And so I think that's probably a sign of what we expect to come. In terms of the Bengals and the Chargers turning it around, the Bengals have lost a couple, well, one close game, one blowout. The Chargers have lost two really close games, which is just hilarious. It's but just they're the Chargers, both. Isn't it? It's the Chargers <laughs> thing. It's just being Chargers. But there's there's a, clearly a lot of talent on those teams, and we do expect them to turn it around at some point. But the Dolphins being that new, the Dolphins and the Ravens, in fact, being the new rival of the Chiefs, um, as so it seems early on anyway, is. Um, is interesting. Like, obviously, I did predict the Ravens to do very well this year. I did put them as a potential Super Bowl team. Um, the Dolphins is taking me by surprise a little bit because I expected them to be good, but offensively, they look elite right now. Yeah. They look really good. Like, I know they scored 24 points against the Patriots, but scoring 24 points against the Patriots, to me, is elite because Bill Belichick is that good. Yeah. And especially if you're a divisional opponent of theirs, to score that many points on a on a primetime game in Foxborough, 
I, I think you need to give kudos to that, uh, that Miami offense. And I'm sitting here like now salivating of the fact that the Chiefs are going to be going up against the Dolphins in Germany and we're going to be there. Um, I think like that is a is a prime it's a prime time matchup in a morning slot, isn't it? Really, let's be honest. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be really early over in the states, but if things carry on the way are the Chiefs get their act together, the Miami Dolphins continue to score points. You're going to look at that that Chiefs Dolphins game in Germany, and I think it's probably going to be the most watched international game mm. so far. Yeah, absolutely. It, it look yeah, it really does look tasty, and 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 like you said. I think the added spice with the Tyreek Hill thing is going to be the, the the big thing there. I mean, I know he didn't have a great game, did he, this past week, week two? Um, but it's Tyreek at the end of the day, isn't it? Mm, good player. Yeah. Good, good player. Um, as to the bottom, uh, there's a new team at the bottom of the rankings. And let me scroll down to find who it was. I, oh, it's, the, it's, it's, it's this week's opponents. It's the Chicago Bears. Bears. <laughs> it's the Chicago it? Bears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, no, that's that, that's good news for us, obviously. But uh, I mean, it doesn't mean we have to take the uh, the foot off the gas. No, I think we, uh, we we've got to make sure of that because uh, yeah, anything can happen in this game. We've seen it before. We've seen it happen time and time again. Yeah. Well, no, thanks for that, mate. Just before we move on to the Bears and Chiefs, there was some big news came out, wasn't there, about Mahomes uh, yeah. this past week, and uh, it was he's got a new contract. He's got a new deal. And there was a bit of confusion, I think, when people first read the tweets um, that he'd re-signed a new deal, which took him from 23, 2023 to 2026 or something, wasn't it, along those lines? Um, and he was getting $210 million. And everyone freaked out, I think, because I think we thought that uh, we'd reduced, well, the Chiefs had reduced his uh, his 10-year deal that we that he originally signed mm. and then just gave him, like, oh, about three or four years. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, my God, we're going to lose him. Is he going to be on the move? Oh, my God. You know what, you know what social media is like. But uh, it's clearly not that. It's just clearly the Chiefs just recognising that Mahomes has done so much for this team and got us to three Super Bowls, one, two, and he's he's produced the goods. And uh, you recognise that, don't you? So uh, just give him a nice little payday. I'm, I'm OK with that. I'm fine with that. If only the Cats brothers could hear you talking about Mahomes. Do you know what? I actually <laughs> tweeted out. I said, that's how you do a deal. That's how you do. That's how you deal your business. Quietly in the background, boom, 53 million per year in the back pocket. Oh, imagine getting that type of money. Man. 53 million a year. Wow. What do you do with that amount of money? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. That's probably I... for an After Dark episode while I do that time. <laughs> <laughs> Arrowhead Pride, After Dark. Come would give it to an orphanage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honest. Honest. <laughs> oh, man. No, congrats to Pat, Mr. Mahomes, and his family. Well deserved. Um, right that they made him the highest paid quarterback in the league once again. Yeah. Um, obviously, they were sitting down, waiting. He? Sorry? He was dropping he was down eight. the rankings, wasn't he? He was eight. So, obviously, they wanted to see what happened with Herbert and Burrow. And they saw the, the deals that they got, and they thought, right, here we go. Let him reset the market once again. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who's next to reset the market, because obviously, now Burrow's been paid, Herbert's been paid, Allen's been paid, Lamar's been play, paid. Um, Mahomes has been played. played. I don't know. Did you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Mahomes was played by the Ravens for a little while, um, but he's been paid now. So I, I don't know who who's the, who is the next guy to get paid callback wise. Oh, I don't I can't know. even think of any Tua? up and coming. 
Potentially, yeah. Tua? Yeah, it probably is Tua thinking about it. If Tua, if Tua has a, a big year this year, then potentially maybe, can he under, is he allowed to yet? He might be able to. Um, but yeah, Tua I suppose is going to be the next big one. Where, um, he's probably earned himself a bit of a payday. But yeah, there's not, there's not many of them. Zach Wilson? Uh, come <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's not many of them coming up. So Mahomes has set the market, and don't be surprised if he hangs around as the uh, the highest paid for a, a couple more seasons to go. Yeah, yeah. No, that know. sounds good. That sounds really good. Right then, should we crack on with the Bears at the Chiefs? Uh, Chiefs back at home, Arrowhead Stadium. I think the first thing we've got to say about about the Bears here, the expectation from the Chiefs here is huge. I think there's something like thirteen point five points favourite or something against the Bears in this. Um, and it's it's clear. I mean, the Bears have had troubles ever since last season. Last season, they were dreadful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the the past two games that they've had previous, you know, the first two weeks that they've had, they've lost against the Packers and they lost against the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, quite convincingly as well. Um, yeah. So there's issues there with the Bears, isn't there? Yeah, multiple issues. Like the, the Bears have always been a team that you think about, oh, the Bears, they're good on defense. Uh, it doesn't really matter. They've always been a team that you ever since I've started watching the sport, I can't I cannot remember a time when the Bears had like a really exciting offense ever. Yeah. Like even when like they had Devin Hester, but Devin Hester was a, a punt returner. That's when a kick was in, that's what he was good at. Like their Super Bowl team, which lost to the Colts, they had Rex Grossman at quarterback, which was just gross. And even like the team that Matt Nagy had, they weren't very good on offense. They had Mitch Trubisky, but they weren't very good. Like when was the last time that the Bears had like a great offense? It's probably the most exciting the Bears offense has ever been right now because Justin Fields mm. is box office one way or another. Oh, yeah. He is box office. He's so entertaining to watch. He's not but a boring quarterback. <laughs> but it doesn't mean he's any good, by the way. It doesn't mean he's any good. He might be fun to watch, but I don't think he's that great a quarterback. But... um. Yeah, just the Bears are just a funny old team because you think, oh, yeah, the Bears, the Bears. Defense is going to be great. Yeah, the Bears. Defense is going to be great. But even that's crap right now. Like, literally nothing is working for the Bears. And, like, they've faced two teams that you look at on paper, Jordan Love and the Packers and Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, and they've conceded, like, was it 75 points or something stupid like that in two games? Ridiculous, isn't it? Against those two quarterbacks. Yeah, those two quarterbacks. And we're rolling in there in an an afternoon game in our head where it is a slot the Chiefs do particularly do quite well in with Patrick Mahomes looking for his get-right game after he's come off two performances where he's only scored like less than 40 points himself. Thinking, right, who's our next opponent? Who's going to be our cannon fodder for us to get right against? And right now you're looking at this Bears team and thinking, well... They look tasty, you know. Yeah. Like, who's our next victim? Oh, look, it's the Chicago Bears that gave up twenty-seven <laughs> points to Baker Mayfield and thirty-eight points to Jordan Love and the Packers. Like, the Chiefs must be looking at this matchup and thinking, right, there is our get-right game. It Absolutely. has to be this team. It has to be the Bears because the Bears suck. The Bears. <laughs> the Bears. Yeah, yeah. it's funny you mentioned the, the defense. I mean, they've they've clearly recognized, haven't they, over the since last year that they really needed to solve the defensive problem that they've got. Because I mean, if you look what they did in the draft, seven defensive players in that draft alone, seven. Yeah. 
you know, it, it, it's it, it's insane. I've never I've never seen a draft a draft so top heavy with just one side of the ball. Yeah. Um, but seven defensive players. I mean, that's that that's un, un, unheard of. I don't think. You know, I, I'm sure that's. And un- they traded their best player anyway. Ray yeah. Foster, they traded him to the Ravens. <laughs> just, just I don't I don't know. I just this team's broken, man. Um, it is broken, and it, and I don't know how long their head coach. Um, what's his name? Uh, Matt uh, Eberfluss, is it? Eberfluss? Yeah, Eberfluss, yeah. You know, he's he's 13 and six. No, it's three and 16, sorry. He's three and 16 now in his second year as being the head coach. And I, I mean, there's only going to be a certain amount of time before they go, Do you know what? It's, no, it's just not working this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, if, you, if you've tried plugging the gaps that you needed in, obviously, in the defensive side with a draft heavy, you know, Defense or defense that was draft heavy, um, and you've tried plugging in a few veterans in there as well. There's about five defensive veterans, I think, out of all of those that were added to it. You know, mm-hmm. there's clearly issues to it. I mean, they have brought in some players. DJ Moore is obviously a, a, one of those players that they're looking at that's really going to kind of hopefully spark their season to life. But yeah. when you've got Fields running around, not having time on the ball, that O line is dreadful. Just having him scrambling around, just trying to make something. I feel for that. I really do feel for for Fields. I really do because I think he's in a really difficult situation. Um, he hasn't got the help that he needs, especially like I said on the O line, um, and the defense isn't going to get him out of a rut either. So it's got- really odd because Everfuse is like renowned as a defensive guy. Yeah, he's the Colts' defensive coordinator for three or four years to, before getting the job. Now, obviously, it was a Ryan Ballard pick. He's uh, like. <laughs> But Ryan Ballard, it's probably a Ryan Ballard like uh, holes beach conversation talking about him to get him into the into the job that he was in. But I just don't understand the Bears and what they're trying to do. Like you have this quarterback that is clearly athletic, but you don't want to design the game in that way. It's like yeah. you know when they're trying to make him drop back and pass. When he shouldn't be doing that, it was like the, the Ravens when Lamar first come out. Lamar obviously has his problems with some passes, and I think it's been well documented. I think he's a lot better than he was, but obviously Lamar Jackson's primary strengths when he first come out as a Raven star was running a football. So what did the Ravens do? They lent into that heavily. They invested in the offensive line. They got complimentary running backs and they built a run game around Lamar and his strengths. The Bears haven't done that. They've just kind of ignored all of those positions. They haven't invested heavily in the offensive line. They haven't really gone out and got got a a really complimentary running back. But what have they done? Oh, they've gone and got Chase Claypool and DJ Moore as their receivers. We can't throw to anywhere. You can't throw to them. It's just... It does make me laugh. Like DJ Moore is an outstanding wide receiver, and he's far too good to be at the Bears. Um, he, I'd love him at the Chiefs, to be honest. But they just haven't got the ability to protect Justin Fields. They can't. Oh. The Bears went. Uh, the Bucks went mad against the Bears on Sunday, and inevitably it led to an, a mistake from Justin Fields when he threw a pass directly to Shaq Barrett, who was standing two yards from the end zone. He literally <laughs> just walked into the end zone. For his pick six, it's just it's it's it must be infuriating being a Bears fan because you're you're seeing like the teams like the Lions who 
who have built slowly. Obviously, they've sucked for a lot of years, but they've built slowly and they're doing it the right way. And they're doing it in a sustainable way. So the be- Lions should get better and better and better as their as their Dan Campbell tenure goes on. They've they've they've, they've got a bit of stability there. But the Bears just look like from year to year, you don't know what you're going to get. That that one great year with Matt Nagy that ended in the obviously I can't remember what. With Cairo Santos, wasn't it? The Mr. Kick. Yeah. I think it was Santos, the Mr. Kick. Yeah, Santos Mr. Kick, which obviously sent them home. Um, when the players put in a game that they should have won. But ever since then, it's just been crap after crap after crap after crap. And it must really, really be bad being a Bears fan. It's similar to what we had, I suppose, in the dark ages of Chiefs fans, where you kind of like you have some good players. But you don't really have the coaching, you don't really have the GM, you don't really have the defensive pieces in there to have a run at have a run at anything. The, the, the Bears will suck for a long time until there's a big substantial change. I think at coaching and probably at GM, they, they are they are destined to be for a number of years as it stands. Well, the Bears have had one winning season since 2013. Um, and one, one that was 12 and four. In yeah, the year, the year that the Matt Nagy was called. Yeah. Matt Blumen Nagy. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, and, he won, just, and he won coach of the year that year. Yeah, but they were very good. They, their def- Again, their defence that year was outstanding. I've been yeah. able to see that Khalil Mack went absolutely mad. And um, they, they were brilliant defensively, but sucked offensively. And that was their downfall. But they still continued to suck downfall. Yes, Justin Fields um, continued to suck offensively since. Yes, Justin Fields, he's so much fun to watch. I could watch him play because I just enjoy watching him like go crazy with his runs. But they're not designed runs, they're panic runs. <laughs> like it just I just don't get it. It's just such an odd team to watch. And like because I did watch the highlights of their game against the Bucks. I caught bits of it on Sunday. And before we got on, I watched the the highlights. And it's just you're thinking, all right, right, who 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 can excite me from the Bears? And it is literally just Justin Fields and DJ Moore. That is Second it. Wind up that, toys, although they excite me, they excite me. They don't scare me though. <laughs> Nothing about this team scares me in the slightest. They just excite me a little bit. So they excite you because of Justin Fields running around like he's running for his life. Yeah, and but, the Chiefs have done traditionally very well against running quarterbacks. Yeah, Spags has normally got that number, and so I'm not worried about. I, this probably is the most cocksure I'll be about a result the entire season. Why? Because they're at the bottom of your power rankings. Is that what? Yeah, they honestly they're bad. They are bad. They are so 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 bad. They are bad. And, and, and we do. I want to beat them at Arrowhead results. because. Do you remember last time they were at Arrowhead? That's the game that uh, Jamal Charles done his ACL. Oh, do you have to bring that up, man? Yeah, two thousand fifteen. You know, I love Jamal Charles. That was it. Was against the Bears that happened last time they come to Arrowhead. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah. Is that twenty fifteen? It was. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's bad memories, that man. Same, the same year the Chiefs played an international game last. Well, Europe in Europe, anyway. Do you know, I was really looking forward to seeing Jamal Charles play right in front of my very eyes at Wembley, yeah. and I never got the chance. Yeah. That was that was heartbreaking for me, that. But anyway, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, okay. Um, what about predictions? The Chiefs are going to get back on track this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of hope that the Chiefs get on track and then like force the issue a little bit because we've seen in the past where the Chiefs get ahead and they kind of like go into this conservatism and like, you know, just like, oh, run, 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 right, draw the clock. I kind of hope if the Chiefs get hot, they kind of ride it out a little bit and just yeah. keep like, keep pushing the envelope. Like, 
pass to Justin Ross, pass to Sky Moore, pass to Tony. Keep keep these wide receivers. Get a little bit of confidence. At the end of the day, last two weeks have been a disaster offensively. Treat this as an additional training camp if you do get a big lead. Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. So yeah, don't do give feel- it. A, don't treat it like a mercy rule. Don't do yeah, exactly. That. Just just keep scoring. So yeah. I do think the Chiefs put up forty points this weekend. I do think forty. 40 points. Nice. I'm going to say, say 41-13 to the Chiefs. Wow. Generous to the Bears there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going soft in your old age, Tom. Yeah. Uh, I've gone Chiefs 38, and I've actually changed my prediction for the Bears. I actually put down seven, thinking they were going to get a touchdown, and I'm going to go six. Wow. So, uh, yeah, two field goals, I think. I, I don't think the Bears get anywhere near the end zone for the Chiefs. Um, so 38-6 for me. So, yeah, I, I think I think it's clear that we know who's going to win this. Yeah. If um, not, it's quite the Bears fans are going to have some fun with the out- end of this podcast. <laughs> what, what if all our receivers start dropping balls all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah. Should I go to, I'm going to go to Windy City, Gridiron, the uh, SB Nation Bears site this weekend with my prediction. Yeah, I'm already. I'm already looking forward to the comments. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, let's not be on there. Was it freezing cold ticks? Yeah, <laughs> let's not be on that. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I, I I don't want to become a meme net for sure. Mm. Uh, right then, it must be a meme already. Who me? Yeah, oh, Do you know that's true. probably one thing I have left on my bucket list. <laughs> it's become a meme. <laughs> it's become a meme, and I don't know how I'm going to get it, but it might be in Germany. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just don't know, just don't know your hands over your mouth, like looking really shocked the whole time. <laughs> or just just do the typical Geordie thing. Just go to the game with your top off and start swinging it around. And yeah, that's an idea. Slap your belly a little bit. With, with Chiefs tattooed on my belly. Yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah you definitely can't like, Chiefs way. spelt wrong on my, on my belly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to have a wager on this. <laughs> or have uh, have have Holmes tattooed on my back with L in it. Yeah. Proper, proper fan. <laughs> all right, then let's get out of here. So uh, that's all we've got time for this week. We'll be back on our usual Wednesday time slot, but stick around for more of your favorite podcasts on our Head Pride Podcast Network. And please feel free to send us a review. I know we asked for it last week, but please feel free to send us a review of the show. And we'll read them out in the next podcast um, if you are kind enough to write us one. Uh, you can also check out daily news articles along with Tom's Arrow Headlines and Power Rankings on our website, arrowheadpride.com. But all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.